0: Trick or treat. I will take a
1: trick. Okay, the trick is a joke each time. Are you ready? Yeah. We only got two jokes today. What's a werewolf's go-to pickup line? Ooh, I don't know what.
0: How are you doing, good-looking? <laughs> All that right, is. let's get started. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of The Women. Your mother warned you about... It's <laughs> <laughs> that. This is not coming out on Halloween, but it's be- being recorded on Halloween. So if you could only be here with Susanna Gray-Jones and I to see us in our Halloween costumes, you might just have to look for those photos somewhere on social media. Uh, I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer at Sales Gravy, which is the sponsor of this
1: show. With my lovely co-host, I will let her introduce herself. Oh, thank you! What a what an honor! <laughs> I'm Susanna Gray Jones, Recruitment Strategist and owner of Chime Search. And um, in, in the UK, what time is it right now? Um, we're closer together now. Actually, um, we are eight thirty-five.
0: Okay. All right. So we have a four hour difference. We're going to be doing a time change soon, but you, did you just do trick or treating with your kids? Cause you're, you're dressed up like a witch.
1: Well, we did, but I didn't dress up. I actually stole my kid's costume before they went to bed. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you
0: for, uh, I mean, I just got, I got my cat outfit on just for you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it.
0: So I'm just going into trick or treating very soon. Um, this neighborhood I live in is very big into it. Like there is a, you know, put tables in your driveway directive that we're getting ready
1: to do and set up um, so you can meet your neighbors, which I think is kind of fun. It's similar to what we do. I think you guys started it. But um, one thing that I do know is that Halloween in the States is more of a girls can dress up sexy. In the UK, uh -uh. no dressing up sexy. It is you put that witch hat on, you get the chin out, you do the, the scary thing. Uh, I think that's right. Do you guys do sexy at Halloween?
0: Or- we do. do we do, do sexy at Halloween, but there's a certain point. Like at this age, I don't do it. But in my twenties, maybe I don't I'm- have to try. You don't have to try. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting that you can only be scary in the UK.
1: Yeah. Well, we take it seriously. You know, this is it's not sex It's Halloween. <laughs> so yeah. Ooh.
0: Well, it's kind of funny because this used to be the show that made sales sexy again and now it's this show that makes sales saucy. Sassy again. <laughs> so, I think we what what we wanted to talk about today is the theme of scary things. Is that mm-hmm. is that what the plan was?
1: Yeah. Oh, I've got a question for you. Yeah. What about this? We talk yep. about it a lot in sales. Have you been ghosted recently? Oh. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. You know what? I don't know if I've talked about this before because you know, so many people talk about being ghosted. We 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 even teach courses at Sales Gravy on that. And I don't know if anyone has ever talked about being ghosted by your actual clients. How about that?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. But also in recruitment, you know, I'm thinking about a story that happened to me today where a candidate whom I represented about four months ago for two roles, first role was unsuccessful. Second role, they wanted to see him again. He ghosted me. Found out today that he started at that role through another recruiter after ghosting me. So I thought, oh, I know I've been ghosted and it's Halloween. What, what would you say for that? But it got me thinking because my mind suddenly was confused. It was like, do I go in this direction of being really angry and trying to get that fee because I, in theory, I could I could say I could get that fee, or do I be accountable and say, well, I did something wrong here. I'm doing well. Let's learn from it. Guess which one I'm doing. You're gonna learn from it. Uh, I have to because that's the only way I feel better about it. And there's something about you know we talk about being ghosted, but there's something about what you do when you're ghosted, right? Mm-hmm. So. Is in the same way in any client situation, you get ghosted. You've got two options. Do you stalk that candidate until it's embarrassing or that client? Or do you gracefully ask them Mm. for feedback? What do you do?
0: I've got an opinion on this because the reason why I brought up being ghosted by a client is because this recently happened to me and it was a really good story. It's a really good learning experience. Um, it's a client that I did training for. Is it last year? It was either last year or twenty twenty? I ran into them at Outbound. Mm-hmm. We we had a conversation. We struck up a conversation. He said, "Hey, we want to bring you back. Um, can we schedule some time?" So right there, while I was outbound, I scheduled a meeting with him for the following week when we got back from Outbound. Had that meeting. Great discovery found out a lot of new things that were going on, found out what they were looking for, scheduled the next meeting on that call, right? The next step, put the proposal together, confirmed that we were going to meet all the things, right? Following all the things in the process. And he no-shows. He's a no-show to the meeting. And You know, like the the week prior, he, he had to reschedule because something happened. His kid got sick at school. And so I know that life happens and I have a relationship with him. Right. So I've just assumed I'm like, something must be wrong because it's not like him. This isn't his behavior. So, you know, I didn't I didn't take it too badly. I just, you know, reached out and said, hey, hope everything's okay. I called, I texted, I emailed nothing. Um, I think it was on a Friday. Monday comes, call, text, email, nothing. And I do this for several days. Nothing. And I I sat in this place for a couple of days of doing nothing where I'm like, I started, you know, you start to tell yourself stories. I'm like, hmm, did they decide that they don't want to move forward? Did they have a meeting about budget? And Now he doesn't want to spend his time on this, but he doesn't want to tell me. And you start telling yourself these stories, right? In your head of like making assumptions. And I decided to not listen to the noise in my head. I'm like, and it's kind of interesting because if we treated the prospects that we don't have relationships with, right? The ones, those that ghost us, because a lot of times we will walk away from those. We're like, all right, how much more can I chase? And so this was my aha. I'm like, I'm just going to keep pursuing this for a couple of reasons. I've invested time into this. I've put a proposal together and I am going to present this proposal. I put the work into it. I know he wants this information. Something must just be wrong. And because I have the relationship, I can text him. So I just kept texting him and he Mm -hmm. finally responded. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm such a bad friend, aren't I? Which I thought was really interesting that he that he said that. And I said, no, you're just a bad missing in action person. And he said, fair enough. And then we joked around back and forth with text messages. And I got the next appointment scheduled. And it was just that things happen. And this is what we forget about as salespeople. Well, what our objective is, is not necessarily their sense of urgency in the moment. We are not the only thing on their list of things to do and consider. And in our minds, we're like, but we had a meeting scheduled. Why aren't you there? Shit happens. And so the, the hungry salesperson, the high achieving salesperson, they're just going to stay on it like a dog with a bone. Or what does Jeb say? A rat on a Cheeto right? You're just going to, or is it a Dorito? I can't remember, but you're just going to stay on it. (laughs) Squirrel. Well, the newest thing is squirrel, right? So I just, that was an interesting moment because I had never, I felt so completely ghosted and I could have let it just get the best of me and I could have just walked away, but I just stayed at it to get the next meeting, which is tomorrow, by the way. So, (laughs) So I don't have results for you at this moment. Um, But I know that we're going to be doing business in the new year, but that's my story on that.
1: Uh, I mean, what do you you think of that? I think there's two things from what you said there. I think there's the first thing that we internalize stories, right? So it's something that we do a lot as salespeople and even the best top performers out there, even when they get rejected or they are calling and calling, oh, well, I'm not going to make another call because people are just going to think I'm hassling them. We, we make these assumptions and why we do it to ourselves. I don't know, negativity bias. So I think there's that. And the fact that you chose to ignore the negative stories, you were aware of them. You chose to ignore them. Result, you will hopefully close this deal. But I think, I think also it's the way you pursue them. Because I think where a lot of people go wrong is they pursue in the same way. So what was something that could have interested them and they just haven't got time to get into, or they might be worried about budget is suddenly at pest. That same text that keeps coming through. You already said you text, you call, you email. All those things, it's coming back to blending. And yeah. I think we almost have to go back to the beginning. You know, it's so funny. It, it, it's
0: back to the basics. Um, I've had this conversation like several times today Uh, I had, I had this conversation with another prospect that I'm in the process of closing a deal with them for next year, for 2023. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what's coming back for them too is back to the basics. Like those, he's like, we know we have to go back to the basics and back to the basics is boring and our team doesn't want that, but we know it goes back to the basics, right? It, It
1: always comes back to that. As Jeb says in his new book, you know, it's very much this is the time that the excellent top salespeople will shine and the ones who just can't really be asked and don't want to upscale and have been lucky, they'll be mm-hmm. swimming naked when the tide comes up, <laughs> as he says. So, and not and everybody looks, and not everybody looks good naked. <laughs> and it's the same, it's, it's the same with recruitment. Right. I've spoken to a lot of recruiters as I'm still, I'm still, a, you could call me a bit of a spring chicken. I'm, I haven't been through a recession in recruitment before in this way. And all the old school recruiters are saying exactly that. You know, people are still going to be recruiting. Of course they are. It's just the strong recruiters are the ones who will stand out. Um, so this is the time I think everyone should be investing in training as much as any, um, to be ready for the storm. And there is going to be a storm. We, we, we talk about it all the time. But it also brings me back to talking about ghosting. Why? Because I'm thinking now about all the times that I've been ghosted. And there's often a reason when you look back, right? Mm-hmm. So there was one person for Sales Gravy I was sending selling, selling tra- training to. And she was, yes, we're going with it. We're going with it. We're going with it. Even met up with her in New York. And then nothing, just nothing. And I'm thinking, same as you. Was it my... Am I not as good face to face as on Zoom? You know, was I wearing bad hair? Did I have bad (laughs) perfume on all those things? It's like you say. And she, I came up on LinkedIn the other day that she's just started a new job. So there was clearly other stuff going on there. But my advice is that I've got a point. Everyone who gets ghosted has to ask themselves though, how could I have avoided that? I think a lot of people put it back on the, on the person. Oh, well, maybe they weren't interested. How could I have avoided that? What could I have done differently? Because ultimately, well, if you've got a strong enough relationship. They should have. I ghost. think it's
0: beyond relationship, too. Like, if you have a strong relationship, right? Like, I talked about this client, right? If, mm. if a client goes um, with prospects, we know this. Like, if, if you're not showing value, if you're not bridging their problem to your solution and they just didn't, they feel like something's missing, right? There's, there's that emotional experience that they didn't get and they can't quite connect the dots. Like they're just, they just Mm. know that somehow this is not a fit, right? That bias comes up. Um, I think a lot of that does come back to value. And I think it comes back to what we talk about at Sales Gravy as well as, is the five important questions, right? Do I like you? (laughs) Do you listen to me? Um, Do you make me feel important? Do you get Uh, me in my problems? Do you get me in my problems? do I trust and believe you? Right. When, when you're really good with making sure that they feel that and, and then you can convey the value of how you can solve the, the thing that keeps them up at night. Yeah. And then you, you sprinkle in micro commitments of getting a pocket of yeses along the way. Like all of those things add up, all of those nuances add up. It's not just, one thing. And then you add to that persistence, right? Then you stay yeah. on top of not giving up. You,
1: yes. That's my... And, <laughs> and <laughs> what what I want to add to that, and one thing that I've learned a lot recently is you said bridging solutions to their problems. It's before that even starts, because this is where I think I've been ghosted in the past. I'm an impatient salesperson. I want the money. Give me that deal. Show me that. Show me that clothes. Um, I don't discover sometimes in the depth that it's needed. And I know that about myself and I know how to do it. But if you catch me in a mood where I just want to chase that squirrel, I forget to do the discovery. And if it's not just the time for the discovery. It's, you know, you said solve their problem. They might not know their problem, right? Yeah. A lot of times they don't.
0: Yeah. A lot of times they're not even aware of Like they've got a surface problem. Mm Mm-hmm but they're not aware of a deeper problem.
1: In the same way, recruitment. People, I'm not really looking, but I'm keen to know what's out there. And then like three days later, yeah, I really want to get out now. <laughs> um, because you coach them to to the depths of what's actually wrong. And if, if sometimes we don't do that, then, oh, it was nice to chat with you, but I don't know why I did anyway. And you call them and they're like, yeah, leave me alone now. I think, um, I'll say,
0: I think all salespeople should train to be therapists.
1: Yes, all coaches, or coaches, right? Yeah, they, they don't all get trained to coach. There was a new course that came up in Salesbury University the other day about, was it teaching salespeople to coach? Good discovery? Something like that. And it just got me thinking, why are we not training salespeople to coach as part of discovery? Because I oh, often yeah. find that I'm coming back to what I know about coaching with my questioning, with my delving into things like, for example, what else? So I sat with a candidate today and they were like, hmm, yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else? What else? Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's my favorite question because they were giving me so much information that they didn't necessarily want to give at the beginning. And it's the same with sales. It's very basic.
0: Yeah. If salespeople did have some coaching skills, I think that that would help their discovery process. I think maybe that's what's really kind of cool about being a sales trainer and coach at Sales Gravy because we do all sell and training and coach, and so discovery is discovery is discovery, right? Every conversation to me is digging deeper to find out what's really going on. And mm-hmm. even like right before going into training, I just did this with a client last week that I was getting ready to train. We had already been through an alignment call to to discover what was needed, but three days before training, I said, "Let's just t- let's just resync." Has anything changed because this was, you know, a conversation that's been going on for six months, right? Like I closed the deal technically six months ago and was executing six months later. Well, a lot can happen in six months. So, and sure enough, it did. Like they had doubled their sales team. <laughs> like since I last, since the very beginning, since our first conversation. They had doubled their sales team. And I'm like, okay, I'm so happy we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. right? And what's going on. And then I was able to dig deeper um, before executing, right? So I think you have to stay on top of when you have the relationship too of what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. And that maintains that relationship. And and Jeb talks about that too in selling the price increase, right? When you have to deliver any kind of news that might appear negative, if you've, been maintaining the relationship, it's not going to be that big of a deal to convey that mm-hmm.
1: news. Yeah. Let, let us not forget that ghosting often comes from people just being too nice to say no to you. That can happen as well. They, they feel bad because you put time into it. So, And often it can be because the salesperson is too desperate. <laughs> yeah. And they can feel it and they know how much the salesperson wants this deal. So again, Jeb, Jeb often talks about you, just be prepared to walk away.
0: Yeah. I um I you know, yeah, you got to be prepared to walk away and and be careful of the investment that you've made of of time and there was another deal that I had been working on for a while and I put quite a bit of time into it and again vanish, ghost, gone. And we really had such a good rapport. It turned out we had some mutual connections um that were, you know, unique, like mutual connections outside of sales gravy, like not even people that followed sales gravy, um, in a whole different coaching world. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know that person? Like it was, it would, it was just such, so strange that we both knew a couple of the same people and then completely ghost. And so I would call, text, email, call, text, email, call, text, email. Mm -hmm. And at one point I said, Hey, listen, like I was trying new approaches because you don't want to keep sending the same message. No. And you don't, and and I I wanted to be as authentic as possible, and so I just kind of speak without a filter in a way. And I, you know, some of my messages were like, "Hey, listen, if you're not able to move forward, just let me know. Um, I'm going to keep persisting. Just you know, I <laughs> think one of my messages was like, we can still be friends. Like, I think that's what I'm like. Let's, we can still be friends. I'm cool if you can't move forward. Just let me know. Nothing, and then. Out of nowhere, his brand new assistant that he didn't have last time I talked to him, reaches out to me and says, hey, um, he wants to move forward with this. And it wasn't what I originally proposed. It was something that I said kind of like, hey, this this could be an option for you. Like, here's something as an option. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I just kind of like threw it in as an a la carte option and all of a sudden, this new person out of nowhere reaches out to me. I mean, I haven't had a conversation with him, but I closed the deal through her without talking to him. It's not bizarre. It's, it's, it's not bizarre. It's a bit bizarre. And again, I haven't had that conversation with him. I mean, we've been on a couple call, like group calls together with his team. Um, But again, you can't make assumptions now. Yeah, I would like to get and have that conversation with him. But here's, you know, I I tell myself a positive story versus a negative story. He clearly is so busy that he got an assistant. And I also know, I know enough about him and his company that it makes sense that he has an assistant because he's working with an outside consultant that I know. And that outside consultant pushes on things like delegation and get help to do these things and set priorities. And like, so I know how that consultant works that they're working with. Mm-hmm. And based on all of that, it makes sense that he finally is like too busy to manage things and got someone to carry things out for him. The bottom line yeah. is, is that I was ghosted for quite a while. I even considered it a stalled deal. I was about to market it as lost. Yeah. And then boom. Now I think my persistency had to play a part in it because I never gave up. I mean, I continued to touch.
1: So on that, you'll see I looked at my phone very briefly then because I remembered that I had a listening que- listeners question that we I, I don't think we we got to this one before, um, and one of the listeners actually asked, "When should I give up with a prospect if mm-hmm. they are ghosting on me?" So bearing in mind what you've said, there are a lot of people who have a pipeline who want to know at what point should I give up, what would you say to them? Mm. I know what my answer is, but I, I, I'm going to hear what your yours is first. <laughs> I, have to go, I have to go first. Yeah. I think
0: there's a lot. It's, I think it's very situational. I, I'm sure Jeb, I don't know if my, I'm just going to give you my opinion mm-hmm. on what has worked f- for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's situational. I have to ask myself, first of all, are they an ideal client? Mm-hmm sometimes they ghost because it's not a good fit yeah and so if I recognize it's not a good fit, I stop pursuing it yeah right so that, that's that's one that's one option in this case like I just told you about that I closed the deal through the assistant I just start to like lessen it right like I don't until they say absolutely not are we moving forward mm-hmm. then I continue to pursue until I get, a no, I'm not going to necessarily do a lot of heavy lifting. Like I did have someone who they weren't ghosting, but they were running me through the ringer on, can we have this version of a proposal? And it went like, you know, 10 rounds of proposals. And I'm like, "Mm, no, then I cut bait. I'm like, I don't think we're a good fit for you. (laughs) Um, Because really what they were doing was measuring us up against um, three other vendors. And so then I kind of was kind of a reverse ghost. I didn't ghost. I just said I can't. I can't get you this next proposal that you're asking for. They wanted it the next day, and I'm like, I'm with clients all day. I can't. I can't meet this expectation. And I think with the three other vendors you're working with, you're gonna find someone ideal there. So I mm. don't know if that answers the question. Um, yeah, it
1: does. I mean, we've got a matrix for this that that we train at Sales Gravy. So you know, um, yeah, it is situational. It is about the ideal client. I think- for It depends. Is it? Is it, you know, are they high probability? Are
0: they medium probability? Are they low
1: probability? Um, which you should know from your discovery. And I think- You should know from your discovery. And I, and I think, you know, from a recruitment perspective, if a candidate ghosts me, then the thing I would say to myself is, you didn't set the agenda, the verbal contracts. And I talk a lot about this. You didn't say from the beginning- agree how you wanted to be contacted. You didn't make it okay for them to come back to you at any point if anything changed and it's absolutely okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just saying that to people. It's like, if anything happens, are there any changes, please let me know because my appointment to my diary is really full at the moment with discovery calls, etc. And I, I really want to make sure that we're giving you the the right amount of time for this. Yes, it's a verbal contract. Yes, they don't have to do it. However, my experience, the more that I've had that setting the agenda for contact moving forwards, if anything changes, the less I've been ghosted. There's always the odd ghost out there, <laughs> but it's been less. It's been less. And I think we often forget to sort of have that conversation about what the contact should be like throughout the whole process and to get their verbal agreement. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm big into that. You know, I just, I was part of a, pretty big presentation recently that several of us were, were part of and throughout the entire process, because we've had many meetings with them and, and then we did the proposal presentation again. It's, you know, it was so important and we, we all prepped for it together as a team. Um, I was like the lead presenter. And even along that, you know, in that presentation, it was about collecting yeses along the way and agreements along the Mm -hmm.
1: way.
0: And, Checking in, right? Checking in. I think so many times salespeople like put everything on the table, but they don't actually stop and pause and go, so based on what I've presented, right? It it depends on like if I'm presenting coaching, you know, based on what I've presented so far, how does this program sound to you? Would you, do you want, would you want to move forward with this program without even knowing what the price is just based on what I've shared with you?
1: Yes. (laughs) Can, yeah, that collecting the yeses that you talk about is huge.
0: It made it's, a huge it's difference. So, like, especially when I'm presenting coaching, it's so interesting, right? Because in their head, they want to talk price, right? They want to get to price. They want to get to price. They want to get to price. But before I get to price, it's like, do you want this? Is this something that you want? And then we'll talk about price. But is this something that you want? So that helps me prepare for the price objection. I don't know. Mm. I just went off on a little bit of a tangent. I feel like
1: no, you didn't. Know it was great. And back back to the qu- the listener's question, um, which you answered so well. I think you know, I would I would agree with the sequencing, but I would fade out like you say. I would, if it's an ideal client and they've got a lot of business and they've started to ghost me, and I know that I was one of maybe two or three vendors that they were looking at, then I would maybe do three days in between contacting them. And then maybe give them a deadline and say, you know, if you could get back to me by this point, and then I'd wait five days and then I'd maybe wait a week. So it wouldn't be clogging up my time and my, my pipeline as it is, but it would kind of be tailing off. But then I would maybe say I would get back to them in four months and touch base. Yeah. So it's see, not
0: a loss I, what I do, I mean, I go through my pipeline and I'm getting much better at this. And I actually now put this on my end of week report of what's in my pipeline. Um, That's also to help internally for our team so that they see what I'm working on or what might be coming down the pipeline for them from an operational standpoint. I've got, and, and I'm also probably, I don't know. I put everything in my pipeline, everything. I put every possible opportunity in my pipeline. And I don't think a lot of salespeople would like to do that because no. when you have to market loss, it sucks but it's the only way I can manage they it. They want to hide. Huh? They want to hide. They want to be invisible. Yeah, I, I I, like to put everything in the pipeline just because it's the only way I can manage myself. So if I put every opportunity there, then when I go look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that one ghosted me. And so I will block out. I will. I mean, this could be a pro tip. I block out time to go through my pipeline for people who have ghosted me or deals that have stalled. Mm-hmm. And then I just do a sprint and reach out to all those people in a time block. Definitely pro tip. Either in a call block or an email block. And and lo and behold, something always comes out of that. There was another one that I thought I completely lost because he ghosted me. Wow, I don't know which one. Like the more I think about this, like I'm thinking about all these these deals that have ghosted me, but because I've stayed on them, they are actually still engaged with me. So they ghosted Mm -hmm. me, but I was able to pull them back in. Mm -hmm. And they're slow in response, but part of it again is like another one that had ghosted um, several. This has happened and this is not abnormal with everything going on in the world and the economy right now. It's like, well, our CEO quit and now I'm just sitting here and I can't get any answers, right? And so that's a reality And I think my response to that was, hey, I'm so sorry to hear that. I know that that could be really difficult and this is a turbulent time for you. If there's anything I can do to help you or coach you through anything, you know, we do have coaching programs that might be beneficial for you. And what do you know? He's like,
1: I would love to talk to you about that. You turned it into an opportunity.
0: So pay attention. So pay attention to what's going on, and 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 turn off the. This is something I'm working really hard on right now, both personally and professionally. Are, are the stories I tell myself that are not true?
1: Mm. We speak about this a lot, but it's so true. And I think there should be, there should almost be a course about mindset stories, and for everyone Ooh. to write, to write down the stories that they're telling themselves when they don't want to pick up the phone, because. I like to think, I, th- I like to think you and I are pretty A1 ace performers. <laughs> I Even we have those times, you know, and I'm just sure Trying to Jeff think does. of how we would develop that course. That'd be a great micro course. I think, you know, a bit of group work. I think if everyone was honest about the stories and then if everyone had a prompt. So for me at the moment, I've got loads of things in my life that I'm trying to be disciplined on and the ne- negative story comes into my mind. So for example... Um, I'm trying to eat less carbs. So every time I eat, I think about eating carbs and I do know, it doesn't matter anyway. And actually it's okay because I I can just go for a run tomorrow and all those things. And you just have to find a prompt or a picture or a word or something to kind of take you away from that, that horrible kind of story that we will always tell ourselves. Same as a negativity bias. I know Keith always says, if you look at reviews on an Amazon listing, you go straight to negative one, even if there were two thousand positive comments. You'll go to the two that are negative, and you'll be, "What do I need to know? What do I need to know?" And,
0: uh, it, that's it's so interesting, right? Because people do go to the negative, but it's funny you you talk about the the Amazon reviews. Maybe there's something weird with me. I go to the positive reviews so that I can convince myself that it's okay to buy the product.
1: Uh, Maybe it's I'm not, not all about spendaholics. <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> But we had this conversation before. I always stuck with me when we were talking about what motivates you. And you said I was a bit negative because I always say, well, I worry that I'll be on the street with no food and no no clothes and stuff. And Well, clothes. I hope I'd have clothes. <laughs> but my, my, my point is, is that I think, you know, that's a story that I tell myself that you could perceive as a negative story, but it has a positive outcome. So some, it's not always negative stories are bad. Some stories like pessimists, they'd rather be pleasantly surprised than disappointed like they think optimists are. So there's two different types of people, but I guess it all turns out, what does that story lead you to? Does it lead you to something positive or does it lead you to something negative? No one's going to pick up today because they're busy. And that's when my competitors are going to quit. So I'm going to pick up the phone or no one's going to pick up the phone today. Yeah. they're busy. So I'm not going to either. Uh, I gotta. Just I have where's.
0: to. I have to tell. I gotta tell you um, a, a story that goes along with that. So I was a training training military recruiters last week, and I just got back from that trip. And so they are, um, you know they they spend a lot of time recruiting high school students, right? So mm-hmm. part of their like I have them. We we have them. Sales gravy does. Mm-hmm. You know. Call blocks like right there in the moment, you're going to do a call block. And the military commanders, like, they love that. They, they so love it. They get so excited. And it's so cool to do that training because we can show, like, at the end of their two days of training, like, literally hundreds of calls got made, right? Hundreds and appointments got set. And like, we showed that you can do these things in these 15 minute time blocks. And so, of course, you're always going to have the naysayers and they're, they're most common pushback is, well, these high schools, because I made them do their first call block at 10 in the morning and they're like, they're not gonna pick up. They're in school and they don't pick up. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's just do this first one to just practice and rip the band off. You can do it. And we do it. And I'm like, all right, let's before we talk results, I'm like, how'd that feel? Like, let's talk about how, you know, what that situation was like. And of course you get some of the groaners yeah, nobody answered the phone. And I go, Did anybody talk to a high school student? Raise your hand. And three hands went up. And I'm like, awesome. I'm like, so I picked on one guy, said, Tell me what happened. And it's 10 o'clock. He's like, Well, I was a high school senior. Her first class is not until noon. And then he went on and on, sharing me all sharing all the details with me. I'm like, so You're telling me you can get a hold of a high school student during the day. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to debunk this. (laughs) This is not impossible. Right. I'm like, and I, I could point to the chart and go, okay, in that 15 minutes, uh, it looks like you had 32 conversations, right? Like the group cumulatively, right? There were 32 contacts made. Somebody else share with me what happened in a contact, in a conversation, right? And Mm -hmm. someone else is like, well, I talked to a grandma. Grandma answered the phone and said, what did you learn from grandma? Well, grandma told me a little bit about that student. And then she said that she would be happy to put up posters at her church for me. I'm like, excellent. What can we learn from this, right? How do we we gather more data? Um, You know, I was pushing hard on them about centers of influence and how important that is, you know, to Right. They have to, they have to build as many stakeholders as possible as well. Like we talk about that in the commercial world, um, getting them to think about multiple stakeholders. That's not even their language. It's so getting, getting those, like that was the most exciting thing to me to like debunk them that picking up the phone doesn't work. Yeah. Persistence.
1: We saw it during COVID. No one's going to pick up the phone because no one's there. Well, it's almost the best time for them to pick up their phones because they're at home. Huh. And, and people
0: were dying to talk to people. people. I
1: yeah. was uh, yeah. picking up the phone just to have conversation. And we all had a common thing to talk about, right? COVID yeah. in many ways brought people together and the businesses that thrived, some thrived more than ever. Sales being one. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot of scary things I was that happen out there that the be, world of business. Don't be
0: scared. <laughs> Don't get Ooh. scared. It's not Don't that scary.
1: And not not the ghosts, scary. the ghosts will always be there, but we can try and eliminate the ghosts. We can be ghost catchers. <laughs> oh, I like that. What if we could be? Could we be ghost whisperers? We can. We can absolutely be ghost, ghost whisperers. whisperers. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Can I do a trick or treat? Are we coming to the end? Is it time yeah. for a trick? Let's do a trick or treat. Do you yeah. want the trick? I want the trick. Awesome, awesome. I like treats, it's but a joke. I'll take a trick. It's one of my favorite Halloween jokes okay. ever. You ready? Yes. Are you ready? Why did the headless horseman decide to get a job being a recruiter? It's really interesting. Why did the headless horseman decide to get a job? Um, because because <laughs> it's like I always want to be able to. <laughs> I can never get him. Okay, why? I'll ask you again. Why did the headless horseman decide to get a job? Because he wanted to get ahead in life. Ah. <laughs> a, a good one, eh? One of the better ones. <laughs> I have been scrolling through jokes all day. And honestly, <laughs> this one made me laugh <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was good. Oh, I love Halloween. I do uh. love Halloween. Well are did, are the kids in bed now from Halloween? They are. In fact, it was their first trick or treat tonight. And oh. it was lovely. Do you know what I've really loved about it? The community, people who don't know each other coming together and sharing sweets and just saying hi and the little excitement and buzz. It's like yes. Christmas, isn't it? You can't you can't write it. It's just that kind of feeling that you yeah. get Yeah
0: I'm I'm super excited because we're in a new neighborhood and, and um they really are into like the holidays, we you know, we decorated for Halloween because we didn't want to feel like losers. And then yeah. we 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 started talking to another neighbor. We you know just rolled over. We we're driving. And we stopped to talk to them about their landscaping, and because we're thinking about landscaping, what we're going to do. And they're like, nice. "Yeah, we're taking everything down tonight, and Christmas goes up tomorrow." I'm like, "Man, <laughs> the
1: pressure!" Yep, the pressure. I'm like, David. That.
0: we we got to go Carolina. Christmas
1: decor shopping. Oh, my God. Oh, be lots of fun. Lots of fun. Lots of well,
0: fun. this uh, this was funny. This was fun. Not funny, but fun about, you know, things that scare you in sales and getting a ghosted. Oh, be a, not a ghost whisperer, a ghost buster, a sales ghost buster.
1: Ooh, you got it. You got it. That's what and, you should be. And anyone who can't see us right now we're going to be posting a (laughs) photograph of us totally dressed up the women your mother warned you about dressed up for halloween (laughs) even scarier than before (laughs) okay warners thanks for listening to
0: this episode of the women your mother warned you about brought to you by sales gravy and if you want to up your game you need some skills to be a ghostbuster go check out salesgravy.university. We've got courses on demand that will help you with that and so much more. So salesgravy.university. Also, you can find out more about our show at com, And you can also find Susanna and I at salesgravy.com. And of course, we are all over the social media channels. Find us there. And uh, I'm gonna bid you adieu and say goodnight, Susanna. Good
1: night. See you soon. (laughs) Don't get ghosted. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Goodbye. One egg.